Hey, welcome to the Minion Sonship Live. Here we go. Here we go. We are alive unto God, and there is a powerful message that I believe the Lord has ministered to me to by faith release out and to minister outward as He has ministered within me, within my spirit man. And we have been talking about why take the care. We have been talking about not to worry about our lives and because we're not to take the care and not to worry about the lives the only outcome to that not taking care not worrying it's trusting God trusting God you see when we trust God we refuse the cares and we refuse to worry because we know that if he be for us who can be against us let's go back to Matthew 6 and today's message comes really from Matthew 6 but there is a bit of a of, of, a, of a distinction of a movement of the spirit in this message and the other messages and we will touch upon why why it's so critical why it's so important not to worry because you see worry tethers you to the earthly taking the care chokes the very life of god that the true expression of his life is joy and so let's go to matthew 6 and we go back to 25 and the title is life is supernatural life is supernatural life is not of the natural and you see we live in a very natural world this world is natural we our feet walk the earth our hands touch our eyes see our ears hear we feel we have all those senses that tell us that we are alive here in the earth that we are right here right now aware of what's going on whether hot or cold our emotions the state of them whether in disarray or perfectly happy and so all of that is really a tethering to a lower reality that when we're so mindful of the earthly and that's where the care comes in that's where the worry comes in how do you navigate through a difficult moment in life how do you make it through something that's so turbulent and so and so so stout against you to go forward in god without knowing you're supernatural without knowing that you're born of god born from above we're stuck we're stuck in worry we're stuck in anxiousness of mind we're stuck in the cares of the world we're stuck within these these thorny situations with no way out but sheer confusion sheer confusion knowing that there is a greater better portion for us in christ and yet not knowing how to how to apprehend how to comprehend the word of god and so here we see a clue in in matthew 6 and from here i believe you catapult a message of life is supernatural Therefore, I say to you, these are the very words of Jesus. This is the word of God talking to us. Jesus, the word of God is speaking to us. And we open our ears and our heart today afresh and you, not to just spare it. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Yes, I got that. Yes, I got that. And yet this morning, we woke up with a thought that was really not of faith. Therefore, Jesus says, I say to you, because he just told us you can't serve two masters. You can't serve worry, a.k.a. fear and faith at the same time. And the one you submit to is the one that you master. And so he said, just the verse above, no one can serve two masters for either he'll hate the one, love the other, or else you'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot, you and I cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is of this world. Mammon is filthy looker. Mammon is the, is that spiritual realm of, 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 of the demonic structures set up on earth to bind us. Therefore, because you can't serve two masters, I say to you, do not worry about your life. 
So here we see a clue that if we choose to serve God, we're not to worry about our life. But if we refuse to heed his words, then we're serving another. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you will drink. Nor about your body, what you put on. And this is it. Is not life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Is not life more than food? And so because we understand what he's connotating here, that life is indeed more than food, therefore don't worry what you're going to eat. And as he says, and the body is more than clothing, then don't worry about what you're going to wear because there's a greater essence to your life and to your body. Who are you today? The one you look up in the mirror and, 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 you know, you comb the hair and you put on the lipstick if you're a female. You groom yourself. Dress yourself. You do your daily duties. You go to work. You make your meals. You communicate with others. Who are you? If we lose sight of what he's saying to us here, that our life is more than food, that our body more than clothing, then we'll be stuck in the earthly, the earthly worry. The earthly worry. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? I don't look so good today. So we, we, we pamper the outer man. We do what we can to, to make ourselves appealing on the external. And yet there is a greater reality to yours and my life. The spirit man. There is to truly, that is to be truly adorned with greater treasures than the outer adorning of the hair, like Peter says. And this is not about not taking care of your body because we know what Paul tells the Corinthians, our body is what? Temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit. So let's read again this verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Because the way we approach the reality of our life in terms of us understanding what life is, who life is. We really at that moment have nothing to anchor us in a divine reality. It is only when I'm aware I'm born from above, I'm a child of God, I'm a Christian. At that moment, I'm realizing the worth of my life is the very blood of Christ. The health of my body is the broken body of Jesus. That is true food and true drink. Jesus talks about his body and his blood. Life is supernatural. And how offended those Jews were when they heard in John 6, Jesus speaking of his body being broken to be food, true bread. And his blood poured out true drink. How many walked away from him? Because so often we don't want to face the supernatural reality of our life. Because suddenly we become accountable to how we live life. That there truly is eternity at hand. And the actions and, and that what we do right now impact a greater reality of eternal consequence. And we know we must be born again 
to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. But because we're born again, it doesn't mean we just slide and we do nothing with this body that we've been given that is now hosting the Holy Spirit. That's why we understand why, why the importance of not to worry. Worry is the contrary of believing God, the opposite of believing God. I speak this as much to you as I speak to me. It's from my own meditations of anchoring myself back to the reality. I am of God. I am born of God. And because I'm born of God, I've overcome everything that's in the world. So why worry? Why not be of good cheer if I believe that Jesus has already overcome the world? How convicting of a message this can be to all of us. Why worry? Do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, nor about your body, what you put on. And this is it. Back to this question. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then he speaks to us about the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I not are you not of more value than they? Yes, you are. You're born of God. And uh, this last two weeks, my last two messages dealing with this, uh, in one of them I mentioned that here, with looking at the birds in the air flying, and they neither, they don't sow nor reap, they don't gather into bars, we're seeing a supernatural sustenance. Why? Because life is supernatural. Your heavenly father feeds them. I not more value than they. Which of you, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Which of you can add increase to your life? Life is supernatural. Life is spiritual. Life is not meat and drink. So because of it, actually, let's continue for and then we're going to go. A few more verses. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. How do they grow? How do the flowers of the field grow? How do they grow, Desi? How much time do they spend worrying in the dirt? Are they going to come up, pop into, 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 into sunlight? Is there going to be enough rain to, to water that little seed? How much time do they worry? No time. Consider the lilies of the valley, how they grow, and they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, they make no provision for themselves. They make no provision for themselves. What kind of a life is this? This is the life of faith. Faith as a child to believe. I'm brought into the kingdom of God for a time such as now the way Esther was. Was it easy for Esther to make those godly decisions? No, it was not easy. And yet grace was dispatched. For to step into that position of authority and find favor with the king. And so it is with us. When we know we are on assignment, everything calibrates. And now we know we stand before the one true king whose favor we have already in Christ. So why fear? That which we see or don't see. 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They need the toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, these are the words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, which today is, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, is no more in the oven. Will he not, will he not, you answer that for me. Will he not much more clothe you? <laughs> oh, you of little faith. After the story of the birds, look at the birds. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bars. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. The question is posed, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? The question posed after considering the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet they're so arrayed, much more than Solomon ever was. The question here is, will he not much more clothe you? Will he not provide for you? He will. He has. He will and he has. The very body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The very blood of the master. That has brought forth sanctification. Sanctification of a mind renewed to know I stand blameless in his sight today. Clothed in robes of righteousness, already provided through the blood of Christ for us, to know that I have a purged conscience to stand before my heavenly Father who takes care of every need of mine so I do not have to worry because I am supernatural as he is. I'm above the natural. I am from above. I am spiritual. Now let's go to Romans 14. Many of you might even know these verses. Romans 14. I pray for an opening of sight and a hearing. That you are more than food and drink. You're more than the clothing you wear. You're the beloved child of God. Placed on assignment to proclaim the glorious news of the Lord Jesus Christ. To live a life in honor and adoration to the one true king. Romans 14, let's start in verse 14. I'm going for verse 17. Paul writes, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there's nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. If you've been taught the word of God and you have a conviction of what is right versus what is wrong, where the word is concerned, and you go against that revelation of the word, a lot of things will be unclean in this hour. If your brother is grieved because of your food, you're no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one, and I'm not talking about natural food here. I'm talking, when I said about a lot of things are unclean, I'm talking about thoughts, certain actions, what we look at, what we listen to, 
the true intake that our spirit man is fed by. Verse 15, yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. That's why Jesus said, is not life more than food? The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We're going to read what Paul tells the Corinthians as well, that, that the body that we now have, this body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and it's not to be joined with a harlot. Not to be joined with that which is unclean. Because our body is more than clothing. Our body is a temple of the Spirit. And it's only in the Holy Spirit that righteousness and peace and joy are found. And so that which we do with our bodies we would, would affect our disposition. Not what we ate or did not eat. But really what we partook of, spiritually speaking, through the hearing of the ears and the sight of our eyes. Because these are the true gatekeepers, the, the gates that, that, that we are to receive spiritual reality. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food, because life is more than food. All things indeed are pure, but if, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles, or is offended, or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. We live life before God. We don't parade our faith before someone else. See how spiritual I am. Abstain from this and that and something else. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he, happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned. Now we're coming into the true reality of what life is about. Life is about living by faith. Where there's no condemnation. Because we are born of God and we are to walk in that complete work of the Lord Jesus Christ. To so clothe him. There's no condemnation in him. He did not come to condemn the world but to save the world. And so this is how we understand what Paul is writing here. He who doubts is condemned. Where is doubt found in? Worry is gonna is God gonna come through for me now? Is God gonna provide for me now? Everything has changed. Where is God? These questions. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith 
For whatever is not from faith is sin. And this is what life is about. What you yield your members to. Let's go since we're in Romans, in Romans 6. We've looked at this over the last few years, Romans 6. About our identification with Christ. That we've been baptized into Christ into his death, and because of that, we've been buried with him through baptism. This is verse 4, into death. This is what life is about, identifying with our master and what he has done for us. The just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This is it. Life is supernatural. This newness of life is the very life of God. Eternal life. This is not a natural life. We've been raised. We, we died this natural. We died to this natural life. For it to jerk us around and to tell us that we're to worry now. Through this identification with his death and burial, we are really untethered from fear and anxiety and the earthly. And we, with the identification of his resurrection, we've been raised to a brand new life that is from above. From above. What does that look like from above? We always used to say, you know, I'm far above it all. Well, let's live it. Far above powers and principalities, far above. Yes, we are far above. We are supernatural, the very children of a supernatural God. Verse 5, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly, for sure, Paul writes, the, the very Holy Spirit is writing through Paul. We also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, there are old men that was driven by what we're going to wear, what are we going to eat, was crucified with him, that the body of sin, that's the most important moment right here, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, no longer be slaves to doubt and unbelief, not of faith. No longer be slaves to condemnation, to the unclean. For he who has died has been freed from sin. This is who we are in Christ, freed from sin, from this turmoil. Of wanting to overcome a moment when truly we've already overcome it. Wanting to gain the victory when truly in Christ we already have it. Reckoning this outer man dead. Seizing those carnal thoughts of doubt. I speak it to myself. Because, verse 8, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also what live with him. This is what life is about. Living with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. And so we know what the word tells us in Hebrews, that we've already passed from death to life, that he's already tasted death for us, so we don't have to taste death ever, never. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, Death no longer has dominion over him. This is the life that we're talking about. There is much more than food and drink. Where death has no longer dominion over us. Oh my. 
What freedom is that? Knowing that when our eyes close here, here, on this side of eternity, they're wide open there. Where there's no more sorrow, no more tears. And yet while we're here, we live in this revelation because of my identification with Christ. I'm in Christ now. I live with him now because the death has no longer dominion over me. Therefore, I'm on assignments, a life assignment of pure conquest in the spirit. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. That the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Put that old man down. But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, this is key to this message. Life is supernatural. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. You have a say-so over this mortal body. That you should obey it in its lust. You decide right now, are you going to obey the body's lusts? Because your body is more than clothing. Your body hosts the living God. Verse 13. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself, your body, present the members of your body. To God as being alive from the dead. We are alive from the dead. We are supernatural. We've passed from the natural and we are now of the heavenly man from above. My identity is not the earthly Adam. The man that sinned. But it's Christ the King who laid down his life as a propitiation so I can now walk in the righteousness that he offers freely to me by faith. Life is more than food. Life is more than drink. For verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. You are now living life with Christ. You are now living life with Christ. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. Hmm. You can read from 12 to 14, your own moment. But I go from 15 on. Do you not know, 1 Corinthians 6, 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Jesus told us in Matthew 6 that a body is more than clothing. This is what it's for. To be joined with Christ. One with him. To live life with him. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of our harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to our harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him, one with him, one with him. Flee sexual immorality, every sin that is 
that, that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple? Do you not know? Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is more than clothing. Put your eyes on this verse. See yourself as hosting the living God. What a thrill, what a privilege, what an honor. Because of this new birth, not because we could qualify ourselves for it or do anything right, but because of a finished sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice of the Lamb of God, the pure Lamb of God, the pure blood of Christ, unblemished, Unsullied, kept for us, kept for us. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? He is in you. Quit thinking of God out there somewhere. He is in you. He is in you. He is in you. Commune with the one that's in you, the Holy Spirit. How? By being led by him. By yielding to him. By finding yourself in the word of God. By thinking the thoughts of the word. By walking as he walks. Unto God alone. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you're not your own. You're not your own. Peter says you've been purchased. You're purchased possession. The price not of, of bulls and goats, but the price, the blood of Christ himself he gave for you. Perfect redemption through the blood. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Verse chapter 12. Verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one, and as many members is the body of Christ, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. This is it, for by one spirit, the one that lives in you now, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. The baptism of his death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a perfect identification of oneness with him in his body. You see, your body is fitly joined together with all of us. All of us together make up the body of Christ on earth, the church. The church of the firstborn is the most glorious creation. All of us are born again. And so the, the church of the firstborn are those that are born again. Those that are purely spiritual of the Holy Spirit. What kind of an army is that in today's world? What kind of a power is that in today's atmosphere? What kind of a promise is that to overtake and to conquer all for the glory of God? Don't cower in this hour. Your life is not mere drink. It's not mere food. It is not the clothing you put on your back. You are of God. You're a child of God. Your life is supernatural. And all in the world are wanting a spiritual experience. You are the spiritual experience. You are the temple of the living God. The most grieving thing I come across is Christians who go in darkness camps for thrill of their outer man to experience something that is dem demonically stirred up. And they go into a cult and, and things that are just cheap of earth. When we have this reality, for by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. 
whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, I am of so-and-so descent. I am of this and this generation. We are in Christ one. Whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and have all been made, have all been made to drink into one spirit. What is your drink? What is your drink? Holy Spirit is your drink. All of us have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Not one, but many. Verse 18. But now God has set the members, each, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. This is the essence of your life. I'm not reading some sort of a doctrine. I'm reading the living word. I'm reading divine reality of who and I are. This is not doctrine. It's for only pastors to read. But now God has set the members. Do you see yourself as a member of this body? There is glorious dominion where death has no longer dominion over us, where sin has no longer dominion. Do you see yourself as part of the body of Christ, the resurrected King of glory? Do you see yourself and him being the head in heaven and you laying hold of the head through the commandments of the word of God, being a doer of the living word, being a true expression of life divine, which is the word of God because you've laid hold of it. And the word has laid hold of you. Richly dwells in you now. Richly walks through you now. Richly speaks through you now. Richly sees through you now. And richly hears through you now. A pure transformation from God himself through a mind renewal to know I'm not, I'm not a mere human being. I'm not to know myself for uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. After the flesh, I am born again. I am from above. I'm a brand new creation. I'm a brand new creation. How many times we repeat, how many times have we spoken of this? And yet daily I have to, I, Desi, have to be mindful of it. Daily. And lightly. No. I don't take that thought. No. I cast the care. No. No. That is a lie. No. I am of God. I have overcome the world. No. No devil. No. Every plan of yours comes to naught. No. Only the plans of God prosper in my life. No devil. The counsel of the will of God will prevail in my life. This is the fight of faith. Because we're supernatural. And there is supernatural stouting against us that is fully defeated called Satan and his minions. Don't magnify him. But be aware, be sober, be vigilant because we do have an adversary. Like a roaring lion, he goes around roaring in your ear to devour you. How? But you're taking the care of that lie. But you're worrying about your life, thinking life is just food and drink, and just clothing. I'm just like everyone else, just going to work back and forth. I drive the streets. Red light, green light, go, stop, go. No, 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 no. When I read these verses, you read these verses for yourselves. You come back to 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But now God has set you and I, the members, each one of them, in the body, in his body, the glorified, justified body of Christ. And that's when Romans 8, he says, if he's called you, he's glorified you, you're predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Just as he pleased, he's placed us together. And if, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And now I will go to 727. Now, 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 right now, right now, not tomorrow. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individual. See yourself in the very body of glory that Satan had nothing on him. Mm -mm -mm. 
The one that came out of the grave triumphing over every foul thing. Now you are the body of Christ. Now I am the body of Christ. And members individual, I'm a member individual in this vastness, glorious body of Christ. And God has appointed these in the church. And then he talks about first apostles and prophets, then third teachers after that, miracles and gifts of healings. Helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all working? He just continues, then you can finish it there. And he talks about then from there on the more excellent way, which is the way of love. Who God is. God is love. God is bigger than the spiritual gift. God is love. Love is bigger than the spiritual gift. Every gift flows from love. Faith works through love. You cannot walk in spiritual gifts if you're not walking in faith, which, which works through love. That's why love is a more excellent way. God is love. I don't live trickery. I don't do trickery. Little spiritual acts to, to mesmerize another, to, to, to prove myself to God. It all flows from love. What do you say? Do you have faith? Have it unto yourself before God. Before God. And that's why then we see here, right after he talks about the love of God, in chapter 13, that really we can now in Christ identify with it. In, verse, in chapter 14, he starts on verse 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Seek earnestly after these spiritual gifts. After you have laid hold of who God is, God is love. Why spiritual gifts? Because you are spiritual. Because you are spiritual. And you're given to spiritual things. Working of miracles. The healing of the sick. Opening of blind eyes. And stopping deaf ears. Why? Because you know God who is love. And why? Because the compassion of love himself moves me into the giftings towards, towards one another. To esteem another. To esteem another. 1 Corinthians 15. We've read this so often that we're not of the earthly man made of dust in, in verse 47. But we have the second man, the Lord from heaven. And as was verse 48, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly, us in Christ. And as we have bore the image of the man of dust, knowing that we were born into the world with a flesh and nature, but now we're born again with a brand new nature, nature of righteousness. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. And so from here, verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood, here we go, meat and drink, flesh and blood, natural experiences. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You're not mere flesh and blood. Eating the right kind of food, drinking the right kind of drink. To sustain your little life. Thank God for everything that the Lord leads you to partake of in the natural. But I'm telling you, your consciousness is far above the natural. You're a God man or a God woman on earth. You have a Christ consciousness. The Christ consciousness is the highest consciousness. It is the consciousness of the heavenly man called the mind of Christ that we do now possess. Why cannot flesh and blood inherit the kingdom of God? Because it's corrupted. Corrupted. Sin is its Lord. Mammon has dominion over that old man. Let's read verse 50 again. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. 
we all shall not we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet he is coming he's the soon coming king for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. We are supernatural. The dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on, on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Verse 56. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory over sin, over death, over the condemnation that the law brings forth. Because we're now in Christ. And because of it, verse 58 follows. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Be steadfast today. Immovable, immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord because your life is supernatural. Your life is not mere food. Nor your body mere clothing. Or made for clothing. But it's made for God. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is how you refuse an anxious mind. This is how you refuse to fear. This is how you can go back to Matthew 6 and read it again, 25. Therefore I say to you, ha, huh, what an ease now we can understand comes from the scripture. Do not worry about your life there is a grace not to worry in Christ there is victory only in Christ we are led in this triumphant procession of Christ far above every moment to dominate with peace to dominate with joy to dominate with the very love of God don't worry about what you Eat what you drink, nor about your life what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because God alone is our sustenance. God alone is our provision. And God alone is the one that we reckon daily that we are life to. Glory be to God. We are done for this day. Amen. Amen.